And good afternoon and welcome in to Book Talk. We are the recorded edition today, so you'll be able to check the podcast and listen whenever you want, assuming you're not in the Zoom room. But uh, Bill is doing a lot of computer work, so he'll he'll be doing that. And um, so uh, I'll try to be here too if you can hear me. We can hear. Yeah, we can. Okay, but, good. You can hear me now. <laughs> but, but the computer work we know is complicated, so Bill will be with us when he can. Um, but oh, I'll be here. yeah, because I've got some segments of Nolan to play in. We are the reason we're making the switch over today is we've got a new computer and we've only had since this morning to transition a broadcast computer over. And that usually takes about a week. So we've been working real hard <laughs> and we're lucky we're this far to tell yeah. you the truth. Yeah. Having done a lot of file copying in my day, that that's that's. It's not hard to copy files, but it's tenuous sometimes. You know, it's just time consuming. So, all but, that music, there's so many thousands of songs. Oh and my God. So You're not a kid. Yeah, I but, three terabytes. Some of my cheat documents, too. Um, like the OneDrive, so I could, I could like what I'm doing. Yeah. But, uh, but Bill is here. Uh, Perry is my name, and we're going to turn it to Jennifer and let her start the show. Well, I'd like to say good afternoon to everyone. I see some familiar faces, and that's always a great thing. Nolan will be with us this week in spirit. <laughs> um, if the files work. Yeah. The files work. Otherwise, yeah. you all better help me come up with some really good reviews. I just hope where Nolan is that it's not as cold as it is here. It's about 28 degrees and a 35-mile-an-hour wind. So no I, I hope it's not that bad where he's at. The wind is howling and everything yep. else, like Halloween, like you remember Halloween being when you were a kid. Did any of you, was there, like, do you remember, like, growing up a favorite Halloween story that, that maybe our, our house parent always read us the tale, tell, the telltale art on Halloween? We always used to watch, um, growing up, we always used to watch the movies, you know, like the Friday the 13th and you know, all those kind of things. We always used to do that. Oh, yeah. And when I was growing up, Sammy Terry was really big, too. So there was yep. always Nightmare Theater on Friday. So every Friday was Halloween. Oh, yeah. Every Friday. That was that was kind of a scary time. There oh, we go. Yeah. Cheryl, come and rescue us because it's bleak today. No. But there was this book I read once, and I I was trying to do some research on it this morning, and I didn't find it yet. But it was about these people that were like scavengers, and they would go into buildings and, and things and take out all the junk. And they went in this building, and they got caught and trapped in that building, and there was <laughs> someone in there after them. And I wish I could think of the name of it. I mean, it was a scary book. It was one of those high adventure things that. I'm sure somebody can you, can you think of any key words? This is Jane asking that would have been in the title or something. I was looking for the title of it and I can't think. I want to say it was like the collectors or the scavengers or orders. And Jane, I was just about to call on you. So now that you're there, go ahead and talk about uh, whatever you like. We have lots of time for calls. So go right ahead. So, so first of all, I tried to get in on the, um, um, national sports thing, and I just didn't get there soon enough. Um, I am learning how to hear through the red zone. Our son is a wonderful describer. Um, he is a, a one of the two of us that are primary caregivers for my husband who has Parkinson's. And so um, I love it when he sits down to watch and he'll walk me through the red zone and go, holy cow, how do I keep up with these people <laughs> playing all their games? But um, one of these times I'm going to get in because I just don't get some of how they make their judgment calls on those on those games. <laughs> well, if they, if they say a judgment call, the sad reality is it's a judgment. They're they're judging what they think the call should be. That's that's a judgment call. Well, well, and so speaking of that, I want to recommend a book called Keep Carry On. It's by Lisa Fenn, F-E-N-N, one of the most, uh, it, it is a profoundly um, impressive book about two teenagers, high school wrestlers in Ohio, 
um, the Cleveland area, I believe. Both of them have disabilities. They hook up, though they're at different schools, and the uh, blind wrestler carries the double amputee wrestler around. And they have a hell of a good time. And yeah. I mean that in the best sense of the word. But the profound impact on me as uh, a teacher is that when we talk about, oh, education makes all the difference, I have come to believe that that is not so unless the issues of poverty or race or disability can be uh, can be included and cared for. And this book does a phenomenal job of demonstrating the impacts of all that, you know, where kids are afraid to learn because they don't have any time. They don't have time to call their own. They don't even have a desk. They don't, you know, whatever it is. But please, please read the book. It's it's an endless book. And wrestling is one of those sports. I did it in in high school and being totally blind. I did it. I know, Bill, you did it. Wrestling is one of those sports. Almost anybody can do it. It's just, you know, do you you want to do it? But wrestling is one of those sports that that really reaches a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It does. So the book is is phenomenal. She is or was, um, because this book isn't a brand new book. But it's not very, it's not very back, it's not back far, back a long way. Um, She worked for CNN, and that's where the piece of the story came to her. They wanted her to go do this story. And she became very close to both of their families and has stayed close. That's one one thing I think with the media today, with with the news media, you don't get a lot of those stories like they used to do. Like that one, you know, you don't really get that today. Well, I don't, I would almost agree with you. I do know there is a link for it. um, And and I can't tell you exactly what it is. But if you look up Lisa Finn, and if you look up that book, um, I know at the back of the book, it really lists some of those connect ups. So um, anyway, I really encourage that. And when I think about Halloween, I don't want to think about Halloween. I don't like it. (laughs) I love I loved dressing up as a child. I loved dressing up as a gypsy. Oh, if the magic that I attributed to gypsies could be in me, I would have been, you know, I, I just would have loved that. So every time I'd go to anybody says, do you see who I am? Do you know I'm a gypsy? I have on my mother's gold earrings. There's a wonderful old song about if you wear these golden earrings, love will come to you. Oh, I was such a romantic child. <laughs> I just Anyway, um, I loved carving out the pumpkins. I loved the goop and the slime <laughs> and the seeds. We used to then roast them. And I loved the smell of the candles inside the pumpkins. Uh, I loved the idea of lighting it up, whatever it was. And so a book that um, has lit it up for me. Uh, that's been a very fun book is called Running with Sherman, the donkey with the heart of a hero. And there's no better donkey in the world other than the one that that Jesus rode to Jerusalem on than Sherman. And Sherman was rescued from some awful people. He was rescued out of a stall where the manure was up above his hooves and his hooves had grown. They just, he could hardly walk. And it's the story of his recuperation and his running in the big race for donkeys. And there's nothing more demonstrative than yeah, uh, <laughs> make their donkey noise. It's like, all right, I got it, I got it, I'm listening. But um, it's a wonderful story of people coming together and of the donkeys doing what donkeys do. Everything from trying to make love to another donkey in the middle of the race to just, uh, <laughs> It's a great book. So go look it up. It's called Running with okay. Sherman, the Donkey with the Heart of a Hero or something like that. Just, oh, that anyway. sounds good, too. Mm-hmm. I'll be quiet. And if you've mm-hmm. never read it, Sea Biscuit is a good book, too. Yes, yeah. it is. I've read that one. Me, too. That is a very good one. Very good. Um, all of these Iranian you guys want me to try to play a file from Nolan? 
from here and they're almost yeah you can do that if you can or i can do a review or how we oh you want to do a review first and then then i'll play a file from nolan how about that well i'll attempt i can't <laughs> promise anything with this new computer well, this book um, is called Storm Clouds Rolling In, the Bregdon Chronicles, book one. And it takes, and it's by um, Jenny Dye, D-I-D-Y-E. And this is a story, it takes place in the beginning, just before the Civil War actually starts. And people this the main character Carrie Carrie Cromwell is the daughter of a of a wealthy man and and she lives on the state and they've always had you know they had slaves and and she is now coming into her teenage years and she's just starting to the Civil War is, is starting to come and she's hearing people talk about, you know, the freeing the slaves and whether they should be free and treated as people and everything. And she begins to think about her own, you know, slaves that have been with with her and her family. And she's been, been a friends with, with some of them. And so the, it's the story of how she it's it's the first book in a series of several, but in this book, she starts to change her mind and think that maybe it's not so good that they've had these slaves. And she makes up her mind that she wants to free the slaves that are on their farm. And, and as the books progress, you know, you find out more and more about what happens to the slaves that she frees and, and what it was actually pretty good because it's a different look at the the civil war than just the fighting and the things that were going on it's about the ordinary people and how this young girl changed her whole opinion because she'd grown up you know believing that these people were supposed to wait on on them and things like that and i i thought it was a pretty good book honestly i have not read all of them i think there's 10 or more of them i don't but it, it's it's called Storm Clouds Rolling In, and it's um, by Jenny Dye. And let me see, I should have the number somewhere. Uh, and it's DB one zero three seven eight zero. Do you read books like that, Perry? Sometimes I do. I read a lot of different stuff. You know, I'm one of. Um... I read a lot. Now, interestingly enough, what I'm what learning, you know, with being on this show with you a lot is you and my wife read a lot of a lot of similar authors <laughs> because uh, I do the downloading on the computer, you know, for her books. So I I know authors and this and this and you guys read a lot of the similar authors. So. <laughs> very, well, Bill and I read a lot of the same authors, just not at the same time. Too. Right, we yeah. don't. So we don't we don't try to. All right, I'm going to try to go over here, and there's no guarantee that this is going to happen. I I will feel very bad if it doesn't, but it's not our usual standard. But like I said, we just um I just got the music copied over this morning. It was over three terabytes of music for a station, and it's just hard to get everything fixed the way exactly. And the licenses and all that stuff. So we'll see. All right, here goes the first one, maybe. If not, we'll try this again in a second. Okay. Jenny, get ready for a second backup just in case. I have no idea. Um, we were having a little trouble earlier. Well, it was, but we'll see. Hey, everyone, it's good to be with you, even though I'm not quite technically there. It's my ghost. Maybe that's a good way to put it tonight, especially. huh? Just a quick reminder that next week we will be reading uh, and discussing. Hopefully you've read it by the time next week gets here. Grateful, The Transformative Power of Giving Thanks by Diana Butler Bass, B-A-S-S, DB98893. Too many numbers there sometimes. 
not read it yet here, but I hope perhaps you have, and I'm hopeful you enjoyed it. I look forward to it, and we'll talk about it next week for sure. I want to spend some time tonight on some seasonal reading, and part of this is going to be a review of an entire series, a small uh, set of short books for predominantly young people, but it creeped me out enough that uh, I was left just kind of feeling not quite terrified, but but pretty creeped out by these books. I was amazed. My grandson recommended them to me, and he was right on. It was uh, It's creepy stuff. I've not read the fourth book in the series yet, and there are only four books, but I will talk about all three of them tonight over the course of our time together. The first one I want to bring to your attention is Small Spaces. The author is Catherine Arden, A-R-D-E-N. And the number, if you're eligible to download from the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, is DB92614. Once again, DB92614. If you prefer to read your spooky books in Braille, we can get you a number for that too. That would be BR22859. Once again, BR22859. So, as I said earlier, my grandson recommended this, and uh, I'm grateful that he did. His older sister is also a constant and tireless source of really good book recommendations. In any case, I was never a big fan of corn mazes as a kid, and after I read this, uh, (laughs) I'm less of a fan than ever. Had a glorious time with the book, though. Again, this is called Small Spaces. Here's the setup. Olivia, she goes by Ollie, O-L-L-I-E. Olivia Adler lives with her dad in a small Vermont town. He's a widower. Dad does all the cooking and baking. And because she grieves over the death of her mom, Ollie pretty much takes dad for granted. She doesn't have a lot of friends as this book opens. There's a black kid from Jamaica in the class and a prissy girl who cries easily and is therefore the object of a lot of ridicule on the part of others in the class. Before this ends, those two will form a fast friendship with Ollie, and they turn out to be great people with whom you would want in your as friends, and you want them in your corner. One night they're going home from school, and it's almost Halloween. Ollie encounters a distressed woman who's about to throw a book in a creek. Well, she's a bit of a book person and realizes you don't normally do that to a book if you can help it. She rescues the book and takes it home and finds that it's the story of a post-Civil War era family who lived on a farm not far from Ollie's town. It's a creepy story about a woman who struck a bargain with uh, a nameless evil power to bring back her husband and his brother from death. So the next day at school, Ollie and her friends visit a farm near the school. The bus driver's a little creepy. And as the day goes on, he gets increasingly creepy. The old farm is full of scarecrows of various types. Many of them have tools in their hands, interestingly enough. They seem creepy, but they're harmless enough. They aren't moving. They aren't doing anything strange, at least during the daylight hours. As they board the school bus for the return trip from the farm, the students realize something's terribly amiss. The bus is making horrific noises. And eventually it stops moving altogether. Ollie figures she's going to get off and look around, and her two friends, Brian and Coco, accompany her. One of Olivia's prized possessions is a watch that her mom gave her before her mom died. It includes a compass and some other bells and whistles. As Olivia stares at the watch that afternoon, she sees a countdown timer and the word run in the watch's display. She wonders whether her mom is trying to send some sort of secret message from wherever mom is. The three young people follow the instructions from the watch, and as the sun sets, the creepy night begins. And it gets creepy. These scarecrows come to life. Nasty things happen. Spooky, nasty stuff. You you will take a closer look at a corn maze. If you're planning to go into one tonight after this podcast, Yeah, be careful. That's all I can say. I love the writing style here. I've read this author's other fantasy series. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't read the other fantasy series. If it's as good as this one, it should be a real treat. This is good for both the young person in your life and the young at heart person who just enjoys a creepy, scary story. 
And I will tell you right now, the second book in the series is even scarier, even creepier. Yeah, it's for middle grade people. But folks, I have to tell you, that second book, which we will talk about later tonight, riled me up pretty good. It was, uh, oof, wow. Um, there's no sex in this. There's no profanity here. Uh, this is just good, scary Halloween type reading. You can enjoy any time of the year. If you have a particularly sensitive child or grandchild, maybe you don't want to provide them with this book. It might it might cause some of them to be uh, overly scared. I don't know. Most kids between the fourth and eighth grade are going to handle this really well. Now they're going to be a little creeped out, and they'll be you know how you get when you get a little creeped out as a kid. You sort of you know reach for the the quilt or the blanket and wrap yourself in it a little bit or whatever. But but they'll handle it okay. She does a nice job of creating tension here. She really builds suspense. And it doesn't matter how old or young you are, you will be drawn into this story. The whole series is that way. And as I said, the second book is even better than this one. Again, this is called uh, Small Spaces. The order number is DB92614. And or if you want the Braille one, it's BR22859. Well, there we go. There we go. And it worked. It worked. I'm surprised, but it worked. And that sounds scary, too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And, well, the audio is better, a little louder on this computer, too. But it worked. Yeah, it did a good job. So we're getting part of the way there. We're getting part of the way there. Does anyone else want to raise their hand and talk all why or just raise your hand everybody's quiet everybody's quiet well oh there we go let there's me get dale. it's dale so let there's the request for dale to unmute so dale if you want to unmute hey guys i'm here there he is hey the helm today i guess uh uh what's that no one isn't with us today no, he's he's with us, but he's not here physically. How about that? Oh, he's oh, with yeah, us. Yeah. He's with us by recording. Is where he's at. By oh, I got you. I heard him on there, but hey, that was a great book that he was talking about. Small spaces. Now that's a rather intense book. If you know, I've got it in my wish list already. So yeah, that does sound. To... That sounds interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad I came came in last week and mentioned those other books. Uh, you know, the AA Big Book and all that. The that are now on the, out on Bard Mobile. I'm just thankful for that because I was, you know, I don't want to rehash the old uh, recovery topic, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad that they're that they're available in the alternate formats along with many other great books that we've discussed. The new one I found or just recently stumbled onto, I think I have read it once. It's called uh, uh, "All About Amateur, All About Ham Radio" by uh, Harry Helms. Has anyone read that book? Or if you're a ham, if you're studying for your license. I have not read the book. No, no, but right. I'm getting ready Pretty to good. do that. So I need to. I needed that information. Yeah, who am I speaking with today? I'm Bill. Oh, I, Bill, this is Dale yeah. out here in Oregon. <laughs> they they <laughs> let me come in quick. every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I try to make a make a point to come in and uh, every week if I can, and you know, as long as I can stay connected. But uh, that's another good book to think about if you're going to study for a ham ticket. You know, it's all about ham radio. There's a lot of other great ones out there too. You know, hammer amateur radio, the super hobby, and this, that, and the other. You know, just search out amateur radio as a keyword in uh, Bard Mobile, and I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, I great used to have my ham there. license, and I let it lapse, and I've always wanted on my bucket list of things to do. So yeah. I want to do it. I wonder if Mine they have. Yeah, mine was almost no good for about almost two years, but I finally uh, got on, uh, got up off my duff and got it re, uh, got it re, uh, uh, what they call it, uh, renewed. And I'm glad to be on the air and looking forward to hearing you back on there someday. Yeah, you will. And, um, you know, I do enough on air here, but I do, I like that. And I think I'll get it and find myself a talking HT maybe or a base station. Cool. And, Right on. Get what I need to get and get going with it. I remember the last time the hardest thing to pass was the code. Oh yeah, <laughs> that took a six pack or two. I don't think well, they even do. They don't even do code anymore, do they? No, no, they don't anymore. It's uh, you know, it's basically uh, uh, voice and uh, you know, learning all the technology and things like that. 
But the books, I'm sure, will tell you a great deal of yep. what is uh, a little more than what I what I can remember. <laughs> what <laughs> too my many years and too many beers. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what my cousin told me though was, uh, he said, with your radio background, he said that test will be nothing for you. He said you'll know it. Oh, I don't doubt you will. There, and this is uh, Brent. No, Perry. Perry. Oh, you're Perry. Okay, yep. great. And then great Bill. To meet you guys. Yep. And then Jennifer is here too. Okay, well, I'm going to hand it back to you and let you get all on right. over to Jennifer. I didn't want to cut anybody off. No, so, oh, you're, oh, you're fine. You weren't cutting read. anybody off at all. No, all right. No. Well, there's some more great books to read for you all to, if you want to get uh, your hamlets or anything yeah. else, even a lot of stuff on bands like Nirvana and Alice in Chains, you know, just to name a few, too. So I'm going to hand yeah. it back to the group. So thanks there for letting me everybody. in. Thank you, Dale. <laughs> he comes up with some good books. Yeah. Yeah. I put that all together. Yeah, that did take a few beverages to get through that <laughs> test. <laughs> all that coding, I, I bet. Remembering all that Morse code had to be hard. Well, it would, yeah, but you did it. You did it, you know, but I, I don't have to do that part of it again, but it's just enough to data rebuild this whole system. It's been several years since I've had to do that. And you know, what goes where and this and that, and but it's okay. And I'm, I'm you, glad, I'm glad I didn't have to do it. That's for sure. But you're you, so good at it. You've done so many computers. Now you have your, your list of things that you start with and, and do. Yeah. I suppose if I get real hungry, I can go out and work on computers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank do you. Now, do you enjoy, now, Bill, do you enjoy doing that? Yeah, I do. I like taking a computer from scratch and, putting it into he, good shape or he enjoys it, but he talks to him, Perry. And sometimes you don't want to be in the room when he's that, talking that I, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have fun with it and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Are, are we ready for a review from you or do you want another one from Nolan? Um, I've got one here. Um, okay. Uh, this was a really good book. If you like suspense and it's not, I don't know if I'd really call it, they call it, I guess it, they call it political fiction is the category they put it in. It's called Absolute Power, and it's by David Baldacci. And um, this particular, it's about this man, he's a, well, he's a professional thief, basically. And when he finally reaches middle age, he's been in jail several times before. And uh, Luther Whitney is his name, and he decided that, this last robbery was going to be the last, that he was never going to do it again. Well, he goes, everything goes according to his plans until he gets to this, he goes to Christine Sullivan's house and everything goes according to his plans. And then she comes home unexpectedly and he he doesn't want to get caught in her house because he's taking her jewels and doing all that. So he hides in the walk-in closet in her bedroom. And when he goes in this closet, he sees that it has a, a one-way mirror in it so that he can see into her room from the walk-in closet. And the president comes to visit her. And once he leaves, someone else comes in and brutally murders this woman. And he's the sole witness. And so he he finds a way to leave her house and and try to make sure that he doesn't get caught when he's and he's on the run because he's the sole witness. And, you know, then it gets the, the CIA and the Secret Service. They get involved because the president was there and they're trying to cover up for the president. And it was a really, really good book. And because he's on the run the whole time, because he's afraid that they're going to find out that he knows something. And it's just another one of those David Baldacci. He's always good. I, I don't think I've ever read anything bad of his. And it's Absolute Power. And let's see. And it's DB41882. You there's like one, that there's one. one of those authors, Jennifer, earlier that I told you, you guys read similar authors. There's another one. <laughs> That's another one. Oh, I really like him. I bet she's read all of them. The, uh, what was the president doing there, Jennifer? He was, he, well, he was having an affair with this oh, woman. I didn't think it was too good. 
he was having an affair with her and she just as he somebody else somehow he he was drunk they'd been to a party or something and he was drunk and he he did her in from what you hear though historically it sounds like there's been a lot of presidents on both sides of the aisle that have that have had those affairs oh yeah i don't think it's one-sided at all no i don't either well i don't think we'll hear as much about that now with our presidents getting older and older and older well you never know though maybe that's why they need to get younger again though bill don't think so we could hear about that stuff again (laughs) yeah there we go well there we go let's see what else we've got from nolan We'll keep these going. This is eight minutes and 54 seconds. So here we go. All right. Good to be back with you. I don't want to build up too much suspense here. I'm hopeful there was at least a little pause between these two reviews. I don't know. If not, that's fine. It works. I promised you when I did the first review that the second book in the Small Spaces series is even better than this one. And it is. Uh, That's the one I want to talk about right now. It's called Dead Voices. This is some creepy stuff. So it's Dead Voices, uh, and that's Small Spaces number two. But if you look for this on the National Library Service website or even Goodreads, if you type in Dead Voices, you're going to come up with what you need. Again, the author is Catherine Arden with a K, K K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-A-R-D-E-N. The audio number is db96432. Once again, db96432. And the rail number is br22895. Once again, that's br22895. This, as I said many times, is, is creepier, scarier, and more memorable than even the first book in this series. So let's talk about it. I referenced the fact that uh, the main character is Ollie, or Olivia. In this book, Ollie, her dad, who his name is Roger, and Ollie's two friends, Coco and Brian, and uh, Coco's mom. I don't remember her name. It's not very nice of me, but such as it is. They decide they're going to spend a Christmas break skiing in New England. What could be cozier? What could be more fun? Coco, being the prissy crybaby kind of little girl type, isn't so sure she wants to ski, but she doesn't want to ruin the trip for the others either. So she signs on. And Mom and Roger seem to be getting a little cozier these days, which leaves Ollie wondering if it's the right thing to do. But that's grist for another mill, as they say. So they drive through a horrendous snowstorm to get to this ski lodge. It's a place where Roger actually won tickets to visit. He he got into a drawing and won the tickets the place used to be an orphanage. It also used to be um, an old haunted house. People used it for that purpose. So an, a haunted house and an orphanage. And now the current owners are trying to turn it into a sort of ski lodge that they can make some money from. The resort would open officially after the holidays. The owners want to take it on a sort of Christmas time shakedown to ensure that everything's okay and up to speed when they open officially. That's how Roger got the tickets, and that's why the family and friends are there ahead of the holiday. So the storm worsens the closer they get to the resort. Coco has a disturbing dream in the car while driving there, and Ollie dreams of an endlessly long hallway where there are girls in severe misery and agony dressed in old clothing, calling out for her to help them, begging Ollie to please help, please help. We need to help. We need help finding our bones. That's a creepy thing. And of course, Ollie wakes up a little disturbed, as you might imagine, from a dream like that. So bad does the storm become that the lodge owners apologetically recommend to the family that they really not ski. It's probably not a good idea. So they decide to tackle board games, and the house has plenty of those around. And there's a nice crackling fire. That'll be the thing to do. They've reason. And so as they start their their days of kind of this cozy, uh, pre-Christmassy, crackling fire fun, somebody knocks at the door in spite of all that snow out there, and he just walks in. A little creasy, creepy stuff. He introduces himself as Mr. Voland, and um, he's not on the guest list, 
but he walks in anyway. He announces himself to be a ghost hunter, much to the chagrin and the dislike of the new lodge owners. Mr. Volland insists that the place, having once been an orphanage where children were beaten and abused, is filled with the ghosts of the very young. He insists the ghosts still wander the place. The new owners say, uh-uh, not so much. We don't think so. The three children are challenged to join him on a ghost hunt. By now, those board games are getting a little boring, a little repetitive. They sort of shrug and in unison decide, what the heck, why not? How harmful can it be? They don't see ghosts at that point as they wander the halls of the place with the ghost hunter, but they do hear weird noises, and they experience some spooky happening. Later on, the ghost hunter encourages the kids to join him in using a Ouija board to communicate with the ghosts in the building. Ollie sees figures moving behind the mirror in, which, in front of which she is standing. Suddenly, to her horror, Someone reaches through the glass and pulls her into the mirror. Once again, this is a book about three young people who discover traits and characteristics about themselves that they might not otherwise experience had they not gone through adversity. I absolutely loved this um, author's ability to take a character like Coco with her diminutive frame and sometimes lack of confidence about many things and help her recognize her tremendous value. Arden gets a lot of credit for writing scary books, but um, I'm sorry, R.L. Stein gets a lot of credit for writing spooky books, but I think Catherine Arden's are actually in some ways better, spookier. And I get that we're probably going to have some rabid R.L. Stein fans out there who will question me on that, but I, I, it stands. You can share this with uh, pretty much any young person in your world, and certainly you, you want to share it with yourself. I was more creeped out by this one than the, than I was the first one. I wasn't so sure it was going to end well. I'm not going to lie, and I won't comment more on it than that. The tension the author builds is pretty darned impressive, and you're going to be involved in this uh, to the hilt. I, I'm not suggesting you're going to be terrified to the point where you are paralyzed and you can't move, and so you accidentally wet yourself or something utterly ridiculous. If you do that, that's uh, probably because of old age, not so much because of this book. Um you know, it's not going to make you scramble for the light switch, uh, send a text to someone you know or love and say, hey, uh, are you okay? I'm okay here. I think I just finished a terrifying book. Won't quite do that for you, but you will get a spooky thing. The narrator does a great job if you prefer the audio over the Braille. Her name is Renee Dorian, and she does a tremendous job with this. In fact, she puts a little drama into these characters and scenes, not so much that it's obnoxious. I think the book is a little scarier because she narrates it than it would be if I were to download the Braille version into my fancy new little NLS e-reader thing. Uh, but it would either way, it's going to hold up well. Again, that is Dead Voices, Small Spaces Number 2, by Catherine K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E Arden, A-R-D-E-N, D-B-96432, or... BR22895. Great review, Nolan. That sounds like an interesting series of books, though. Yeah. It sounds like one of those where we read the first style, one. But that's good. Very good. Sounds like one of those series where if we read the first one, you'd have to keep reading the other it, one. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It sounds like something you'd want to read. Before oh, I switch yeah. back to Nolan, have you got another thing in your bag? I do. Um, this one, well, shoot, it's called Monster, and it's an Alex Delaware novel. So it's by Jonathan Kellerman. And in this book, Alex teams up with Milo, who is the L.A. police detective, to solve the murder of a well-known psychologist who worked at a with the, at a prison with the criminally insane and one of the inmates seems to know something about what happened who might have killed this person but but he's in there for life himself because he supposedly brutally murdered a family and so Alex and Milo team up to try to figure out if he really did it and help because his sister 
doesn't think that he did it. And so they're trying to get, they try to, to solve the mystery of whether he had, obviously he didn't kill the psychologist, but they seem to think that the two crimes are connected and that he's the centerpiece and he knows who did it. And so part of this is them going into this prison for the criminally insane and trying to get this guy to communicate with them and and he's been, you know, so drugged and so uh, tormented by everything that happened to him. And it, it, it takes a, a look at, you know, how kind of how they get treated in, in some of these places. But it's another one of those really good Alex Delaware books. And there's always, you know, there. one thing I like about Jonathan Kellerman in this series is that he always gives them personality so other than just the mystery there's the things that go on between him and his between Alex and his girlfriend and and things like that so he really brings makes them characters as people which I like to and it's once again it's called Monster and it's uh, by Jonathan Kellerman and it's DB49306 you've read most of those haven't you Bill? A lot of them. It's been a long time. I may, they may get some of my revisit series. I've been reading the Deborah Knott series, the Judge Knott series. Oh, those um, were good. I haven't read all of those. I have a few more of those to finish. I been, I admire the way you read series of books because you get started and you read it until you completely finish it. And I go off and, and read something else and come back to it and I'm just easily entertained. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like that. I mean, I wish I could sit and read all 20 of them or however many there are in that whole series at once and still like it. Yeah, and, and the author, and I like to follow the characters all throughout the series, and I'm just getting ready to start a new one. I doubted one. I couldn't s sleep last night. I woke back up, and... um. I downloaded the book in the night and got it ready for today so that I'd have, but today I've been too busy today. So now you do it on to, your, on your new player build. Is that how you read, do, read books? I read books on my player. I also read them. There's a device you can't buy anymore. It's called an Amazon tap because it's portable. And I'd like to take it with me when I go into the shower or whatever. And I want to, read a book or whatever while I'm in the shower. I do that. So I read in different places and, but I do like my player and it links up with it. So I, I like that hymns player for that because I can get it and down it goes. And one, and, thing, one thing our producer in the five one five has discovered is <clears throat> that you can do pretty well. If, if you don't, mind you know using it you can download these barred books right onto your phone and read them and she's found that works pretty well too that does yeah, work very well jennifer does that with her ipad her ipad mini i got her last year so she does that there are many ways to i mean if you want to listen to, to a, something there or, or braille for that matter there are many ways to do it oh yeah and of course you can you know for those who don't know you can get an nls player if you want one of those just contact your library and they can they can get you hook one. you up there you can now you've got choices for, you can go from NLS player you can get one of their braille devices you can get an iPhone you can do this on an Android phone you can do it on the Victor Stream you can do it on the Hymns player you can do it on your Amazon some of the Amazon devices even the ones your um, dots, your, um, you know, regular Amazon devices. You can listen to books that way on the Toshiba TV. You can do it on that. The so technology we, is amazing today. I mean, compared even to what, 10 years ago, right. it's, it's amazing. Amazing, Right. You're like that. Uh, what's that girl, Dana? What's yeah. her name, the race driver that says it's amazing. Yeah, Danica oh, Patrick. Danica Patrick. Danica, yeah. yeah. Um, says that, but no, it's there's just all kinds of ways, and there probably will be more. I think they're oh yeah, coming to a new player eventually that you could just download it right there from 
your Bard player right there. You can just download it onto that. So you'll have to ask the producer in the 515 who her favorite author is. I will do that. And and I'll report back next week. <laughs> yeah. And if we promise not to talk about cats, she might come on one day. <laughs> oh, she should come on and talk to her. She's probably got read some books I haven't read. I'm sure I I am always looking for a reason to make my wish list even bigger. I forget how many. I must have close to 300 books on there. I'm like Nolan. I have so many backed up. You know, when he talks about his hard drive with all the books on, I have the same thing. So. Now, are they all books that you've read, or do you keep the ones that you... Sometimes I'll keep them, but I think most of these I have not read yet. Speaking of Nolan, do we have more Nolan? We have more Nolan. We have more Nolan all the the time. (laughs) Right here, we've got... Let's see. I am still not used to this new computer. Here we go with the third installment of... Nolan all the time right here on the Worldwide Legend. I'm hopeful you're up for the last Catherine Arden book I'm going to review tonight. Normally, I don't tear through a series like that one after the other, but it made sense tonight, considering the night. I want to talk to you about Dark Waters, just like it sounds, Dark Waters, two words. And that's Small Spaces number three, again, by Catherine Arden. Uh, She still spells that with a K, even though we're on the third book, her first name, that is. The order number here is DB105069. Once again, DB105069. The Braille order number, if you want to order it in Braille, is BR23932. Once again, BR23932. So the fourth book is already out. I'm not going to talk about that either tonight or anytime soon because I haven't read it. I'm not even sure it's uh, available from the National Library Service yet. We'll double check it. What I will do, of course, is talk about book three. And things haven't been the same for the three friends featured in the first two books. Ollie, Coco, and Brian remain really close, but there's some underlying fear of stuff they do together. They almost want to avoid one another. So edgy are they always looking behind them, and uh, when they're doing things together, they experience those nasty things at that ski resort and the first book in the corn maze. That was pretty creepy stuff. They're always a little worried that the smiling man would somehow reappear in their life. Now, until you read this, you won't know who he is, but I, and I've made it, they did that on purpose because I think you need some element of surprise here. Uh, But trust me, you'll, if you read it, you'll remember him. They hope a carefree sailing trip on a summer day will solve the problem of that edginess. Ollie's dad and Coco's mom have continued to uh, get cozy, and they take a small tourist boat on Lake Champlain in uh, Champlain in, uh, I guess that's Vermont. Um, There's allegedly a version of the Loch Ness Monster who lives in that particular lake. It's a great day. And it's better because Brian's lifelong friend, Phil, is along with them as the captain of the tourist boat on which they're going to sail. It starts off great. The weather's great. Uh, Dad has some great snacks and lunches packed. It's just the kind of place you want to be. The friends are all together. Something changes. That watch that we talked about in book one is acting up again and is starting to display stuff that's a little creepy. It starts flashing words in its cracked display it warns the young people against using the fishing pole but phil who is in a sulky mood because brian is paying too much attention to his other two friends their girls why would he not pay more attention to them just an aside phil says he's going to use the fishing pole anyway and to heck with them he hooks something it's some kind of snake creature and he pulls it out of the water and they're all a little terrified by the thing it's creepy looking Ollie's dad tries to deconnect, disconnect the snake thing from the hook. It latches onto his hand and spews poisonous venom into his body. He starts to get sick almost immediately. The, they kill the snake, realizing that now they got to get dear old dad to the hospital. And then terrible things start happening that are even worse. The boat won't start. Something ultimately rips the motor off it from underneath. 
Coco's mom is is bravely trying because she has some mechanical aptitude to get the thing restarted. Yeah, she fails because something ripped it off. The marine radio stops working as well. They can't transmit and ask for help. They don't hear anything on it. It just hisses. And they see an island that isn't on any of the maps or charts. But still, they figure that's better than nothing. We've got to make way to somewhere. So they go to that island. Uh, and they stop there. And they attempt to get some rescue help there if they can. Things get worse on the island, though. And that's probably all you need to know. This is already a short book. And as my old friend uh, Carl says, I'm really famous for writing a four-hour review about a three-hour book. We want to try to avoid that a little bit. This is for younger readers, but you're going to enjoy it no matter what your age. Her writing style really impresses me. She captures the tension and the suspense. She kind of lets you see a glimpse of what's writhing and crawling behind some curtain or other. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You're a little creeped out by it all, I think. This one is a little weaker than the first two. I'm still anticipating reading the fourth book, and I will as soon as I can. But this one, eh, of the three, of the three that are on the Nash Library site right now, this one's maybe the weakest. Uh, there's a cliffhanger at the end of book three that is out of this world. It is totally beyond exciting. When you read that one, if you do, you're going to wonder how you can wait until the, the National Library Service gets book four out there. It, it may already be for all I know, and I just haven't seen it. Um, that's, again, uh, Dark Waters, Small Spaces, number three. Catherine Arden is the author, DB105069 or BR239392. Very good, Nolan, and we'll welcome you back next week and look forward to that. And the people that listen to the podcast or download it will get some bonus editions of Nolan's reviews. So be sure of that. And I think we'll have all our technical glitches solved by next week of everything installed. I'll work some more here in just a few minutes and because we've got a show to do in the morning coffee club. So. I need to be on top of my game and get it get it working right, Perry. There you go. So and, of course, good and we'll have all it. things radio Thursday night, of course. So Yeah, and then the classic uh what is that show called? Um Friday Flashback. Friday flashbacks, yeah, at four o'clock on Friday. So and there's no Pam Stevens this weekend, so this is the only game in town. So you know us bench players, the second story, <laughs> um Sometimes we serve our purpose. I think we did pretty well today. Well, we did what we had to do. We did. We didn't I... have anything working at 335 <laughs> today. So um we got it. We thank people for coming in to listen to us and we appreciate it. You'll get some bonus of Nolan. So if you like those reviews, you'll get to hear more of those, right? And Jennifer will be posting books up and the podcasts and all that good stuff. So there we go. 